Hey, everybody. What's going on? Welcome to the program. This is the Tattletown Sports Podcast. What's up, Melissa? Not too much, Craig. How are you? I'm freaking great. We had a really big, exciting week happen in Boston last week. Big, humongous week. So many sports occurred. Boston sports flying all over the place. You can't fucking get out of the way. We're going to talk about them all. take it right in the face. <laughs> no dodging it this week. No. no dodging it. You'll find out later about a giant burrito that didn't wasn't able to dodge. Couldn't it dodge that either. Yeah. On this uh, week's episode, we've got Patriots Chiefs. We, of course, have Red Sox Astros. We have a little Bruins stuff, yeah. a little uh, Celtic stuff, a very little. Yeah. We're anxiously awaiting the start of that season. Yeah, we sure are. And uh, yeah, just generally great time to be a Boston sports yeah. fan. Wall to wall. All over the place. We also took some calls this week. Uh, just as a friendly reminder, you can always give us a call anytime, day or night. Lines are always open because it's a voicemail. <laughs> 904-987-TT-POD. 904-87-TT-POD is the number. Give us a call. Leave your take. Ask us a question. Do whatever you want. Yes. You can also get in touch with us on social media. Titletown Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. All the relevant platforms. Yeah. Anywhere you can interact with people, you'll find us there. And considering this is such a good time to be a Boston sports fan, and we are a Boston sports podcast, if you've got a friend who's uh, who's who's riding alongside when you're watching the games... Let them know. Yeah. Give them, a, uh, give, them, give them the good word on the Titletown podcast and we'll be happy to preach to them about our bullshit <laughs> as well as we do to you. Yeah. Wait till you hear all the stuff we get wrong this week. All right. <laughs> Enjoy the episode. Hey, Melissa, what's up? Hey, what's going on with you? Oh, uh, you know, just hanging out. We had a big week. Dude, crazy week. I can't wait. Specifically Sunday. Wild day. It's too much. Great day in Boston sports. A lot of stimulation happening. Too much, almost. Yeah. We'll get to that later. All right. Do you want to get the people caught up on what's been going on? I do. All right. You start. I will. Uh, the New England Patriots. Heard of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this week, uh, you might have seen it, beat the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football by a score of 43 to 40. Uh-oh. Uh, came down to a literal last second time expiring field goal by my man, Stephen Gostowski, <laughs> Mr. Reliable. Uh, Patriots fans got their first look at Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and he looked pretty freaking legit. Uh, threw for 356 yards and four touchdowns with two interceptions. Mm-hmm. The Patriots managed to hold Kansas City to three field goals and no touchdowns in the first half. Uh, but the Chiefs came out in halftime firing and uh, scored 31 of their 40 points in the second half. Yikes. Obviously, the pressure of playing against Tom Brady at Gillette Stadium was not too much for Mahomes, but uh, Patriots got the last laugh and now hold a valuable head-to-head victory, which might uh, affect home field in the playoffs. Pats are second in the conference right now. Chiefs are first still. Mm -hmm. And next week, Patriots will travel to Chicago to take on the 3-2 and Bears. Dope Bears. Did you know that Patrick Mahomes' uh, father was a baseball player and had a short stint with uh, your Boston Red Sox? I did not know that. Although I did see some, so we'll get to this later, but corner of my eye, I was watching the Patriots the other night and it did see a lot of adorable uh, side by each, like Patrick Mahomes, age five, year 2000, Yeah. Tom Brady, wins his first Super Bowl, whatever, <laughs> like shit like that. I was like, yeah. God damn. It was annoying. That must be weird. <laughs> they got to know the audience. Because most of the audience is going with the Tom Brady age and not the Patrick Mahomes age. Yeah, right. And I right, feel like right. you're just yeah. angering All people. Of America's like Jesus Christ. Fuck this guy. <laughs> this kid was born in 1996. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Also, I'm exhausted. I can't stay off this leg. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on to the other big team, 
The Sox kicked off the American League Championship Series against the defending World Series champion Houston Astros. Two games at Fenway. Game one featured a marquee matchup of starting pitchers with Chris Sale going for the Sox and old friend Justin Verlander for Houston. Verlander wound up with the win, and it was all Houston for most of the night. It was never in question. The Sox scored their only runs on the bases loaded walk and a pass ball. It was actually kind of exciting when that happened. Uh, but even still, it was 3-2 going into the ninth where the Astros homered twice to extend their lead to 7-2. Just really make sure we knew who was the better team there. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah. Uh, in game two, David Price, much maligned. Uh, got Mr. The, reliable himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, got the start and managed to make it four and two-thirds innings. Way to go. I would not have predicted, which is certainly an improvement over his ALDS start, where he didn't even finish the second, uh, but he did give up four runs and four walks. So take what you can get, I guess. Didn't I hit anybody. Know. No. No. <laughs> To, look at you, Mr. Positive over there. I don't know. Uh, anyway, they did give him some run support, though, and they managed to take a 7-4 lead into the ninth, where Sox closer Keg, Craig Kimball... God, what? That's a tough one for me, too. I have a hard time with that. And my name is also Craig. I know. Oh, God. Where Sox closer Craig Kim, Kimbrell made it interesting. It's like, after a couple of big hits and a run scored, Kimbrell brought the tying run to the plate, but managed to get out of the jam. The ALCS is now tied at one game apiece, and they'll play three in Houston on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. So we've got a lot of strange baseball Strange scheduling week. situation. Very strange. I'm also pissed off that this game starts at 5 o'clock tomorrow, today, whatever, Tuesday. Yeah, that's weird. Well, may, they're trying to line it up with the West Coast game. Sure. Which Right, you can't start the West Coast game at 5 o'clock. It's just a time. jam it's like up to have a fucking playoff middle. game start at 5. Uh, to- well, and it's weird when there's only two series going on that too it's like can you figure out like alternate just like, do different alternate days like play both play saturday and sunday and then during the week just do alternating days makes sense to me melissa uh let's move to the uh bruins shall we yes those dudes have not lost a game since dropping uh the 7-0 season opener to the washington capitals yeah we since all remember our last recording melissa yeah they've outscored their opponents 22 to 6 <laughs> and have won four games in a row uh worth noting 13 of their 22 goals have come from one or the other member of their top line, uh, Patrice Bergeron, David Pasternak, and Brad Marchand. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And right now, the Bees are getting ready to head west uh, to take on Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and finally Ottawa on their first West Coast road trip of the year. Kind of nice to get one of those out of the way early in the year. Speaking of start times, I fucking love a nice like Me too. 10 o'clock puck drop. Me too. You liar. You're not staying up till 1 o'clock to watch anything. Hockey's faster. Then, then like a baseball game starting at 10 o'clock or even the Patriots game starting at 820 last night. Like I can catch two periods before I have to go to bed of a hoggy game. Right. It only okay. takes me to like, a, it takes me to 1130. As long but as I don't have to work the next day. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine. As long as we're admitting that there's no way you're watching. No. All, all periods. No. I mean, there's no, there's, I'm no. probably not going to watch either. But. but I feel like when it starts at seven. Yeah. Right. Like normal puck drop in Boston yeah, yeah, at seven sure. o'clock. I'm like. Just getting home from work. Right. Yeah. yeah if yeah. even that yet, trying to figure out what we're going to have for dinner. And so like by the time I could like sit down and watch TV, it's nine o'clock. You're and there's like two thirds of the way through the game. At least. Yeah. Like, and I, you've missed most of what's happened. Yeah. I used to love the old, like go out to a bar with your friends and you look up and it's the first period or in the yeah. baseball context, it's like bottom of the second and it's 10 o'clock <laughs> at night. And you're like, this is great. Yeah. The perfect, I think the ideal time for hockey to start would be eight 30. Interesting take. Yeah, done by 11 ish yeah exactly that's yeah, not bad go you know brush your teeth head to bed you get a full <laughs> night's rest you're good to you go full eight hours yeah perfect anyway 
Uh, last team in town, the Celtics will finally, finally, Jesus, kick off their regular season tomorrow, probably today for most of our listeners, yeah. uh, with a home game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Not a ton of news in Celtics land, as you can imagine, but one small development this week was that backup point guard Terry Rozier declined to extend his contract with the Celtics and will apparently be testing the free agent market at the end of the year. Yeah, the 15th, no. October 15th is like some sort of deadline to ex- like to like negotiate yeah. contracts with players. I don't think you can do it midseason in the NBA, but so that's no. a thing. But Right, so he's not going to extend his rookie contract. I was out. reading into it a little bit and like the uh, it seems like it's consensus that it would have been stupid to do that. Oh, yeah, there's no reason for him. Yeah to sign that contract. The, the Celtics are too stacked for him to like take that risk. They're not going to pay him $20 million a season, like yeah. some max contract. What they guy. should do is trade his ass, but that's a topic for a different Well, day. maybe they will. Uh, we'll see how Kyrie looks. Yeah. Big freaking week. Oh God. Big weekend. Yeah. It was great. It was one, this will, I, this will likely go down. as one of the better, like one, two punch type of nights that has happened in sport. It was certainly one of the most exciting. Yeah. I was, uh, we were chatting a little bit before we started recording. And one thing that I uh, found interesting last night was the Tyreek Hill, like 75 yard catch and run touchdown to yeah. tie it up at 40. And the, I think it was Jose Altuve, like wall ball to score the one run that scored in the, in the bottom of the ninth with Kimbrel. Those two top things happened like within top of the night. Yeah, you're right. Uh, at least for me, I was streaming both games, so sometimes the timing gets fucked up. But like for me, those things happen like bang, bang within 20 <laughs> fucking seconds of each other. And I was like feeling pretty good all night, <laughs> particularly about the Patriots. And you got to feel okay going into the ninth inning with right. seven to and four lead. Even with on Kimball, the mound. Yeah. Like I was like, this is good. This is good. And then it was like boom, boom, tying run at the plate tie game on the football and it's like oh fuck yeah. if both of these go south in the last like fucking uh, minute here i'm gonna jump off my roof there would have been fires in the streets people would, would have, have been, been harsh rioting turn. harsh turn for the worst because everyone is like staying up watching what's happening feeling good and for both to turn sour in the same five minutes oh well, that would God. be fucked up what was your uh, what was your arrangement? Every I feel like everybody's been asking each other this yeah, question yeah, for the last forty eight hours. So obviously Sunday night we had the game two of the ALCS and Sunday night football. What was your setup? Um, so I had the Patriots on the big TV. Yeah, yeah, on the broadcast. Nice. Yeah, and then on my coffee table, a little to my left, mm-hmm. had my laptop streaming the the Red Sox game. Yeah, like a bifocal situation. A, yeah, a I had near like distance a, and a, a long distance picture in picture. <laughs> I just made my own. So the Do edge of my computer screen was a little bit cutting off the corner of my TV. So I could like keep an eye on it. Audio. Keep my good eye on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my audio was Patriots. Yeah. For two reasons. Go ahead. One. No, three reasons. Oh boy. One. I'll can't listen to fucking Ron Darling anymore. I had a bailout on that. I am sick of those dudes big time. I can't. They got to switch that up occasionally. It's too much of mm-hmm. the same people. Two, I feel like football is more exciting and I would rather listen to the announcement of that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas baseball, I could like look at what's happening during a commercial break or during a replay and I can see what is happening without needing them to tell me anything. Like the whole field is in my view. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. not always the case in football. And then... Third, you know, I, I don't get to watch the game alone. And so my husband got to say, oh, so I hate well, that's a factor. It's a real factor. <laughs> yeah, it was it's a real factor. I couldn't be like, no, <laughs> we're doing it my way. <laughs> See, I went uh, big screen, baseball, satellite screen, laptop, football. So that's like audio on the baseball. To me. 
I can't so backwards to watching me. baseball with no sound. You might as well just turn it off and like get the box score up on the MLB app. But I disagree because you can see what's happening. But anytime you go, if you're if you're watching baseball as your secondary thing. Yeah. If you like steal a glance at any moment, odds are you're going to see nothing. And then you go, sure. okay. And you go back to whatever you were doing primarily. And then you steal another glance at your secondary screen and you look up at the baseball and odds are nothing is happening. And but you just do that I over and over until you die. I don't see why you needed the audio. Huh? I don't see why you needed the so, audio. Uh, you that, need that, him to say like long fly ball in the center field. No, I needed, makes the I catch needed, on the warning track. I needed Darling to talk constantly about the Houston Astros. Uh, <laughs> no, because I just, that was my primary, you know, that was my like A. A focus, focus on that, huh? B focus on the that. Yeah, well, no. you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, if you disagree with Greg, you can tweet us. Hell of a night, though. <laughs> Hell of a night. Uh, so we've got some stuff to talk about. We've got uh, more stuff than we can, frankly, fit into this podcast to talk about. We're yeah. going to pick a couple things and get into them. Uh, where would you like to begin, Burnsy? Uh, um, I'd like to go with the starting pitching, please. Sure. Because it was brutal two nights in a row. Yeah, it wasn't great. Did you see Chris Sales in the hospital now? I did see that. With an illness? With an illness. But no, he's actually out now. He's yeah, out. Yeah, sure. He like was in the hospital. Ago, they let him go. Oh, they just let him out. Yeah, or like some amount of hours ago. Serious illness to be kept overnight at MGH for some kind of like. Yeah, so they announced this during game two, which yeah. is strange Bizarre. in the first place. Right. Um, that Chris Sale was reported, uh, like he came to the stadium on Sunday with an illness and they admitted him to Mass General for observation. Uh, he was going to be kept overnight for evaluation. Cora said that he didn't have much to add, but uh, that sales on this came after game one and did not factor into his uncharacteristically wild performance of 86 pitches, 56 strikes, four walks, one hit batter, and four innings. I just can't, I, I can't imagine that something comes on like that suddenly after you pitch. Like there's going to be some twinge of it in your body. You think he like ran out after he got pulled and got some street meat on yeah. Lansdowne <laughs> came back? He went to the sausage guy and got, got some poison. weird fucking... He was like, this guy, you suck. <laughs> Here's a little rice in the cool up. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you more concerned about? The illness or the fact that he wasn't very good? The fact that he wasn't very good, but I'm hoping I can blame it on the illness. Yeah. I'd like to. That would be nice to be able to be like, oh, he was sick. He'll be fine when he has to come back in game five. Well, the, my biggest concern with him not looking great and also be apparently being ill is that like the the bullpen strategy relies pretty heavily on starting pitchers. Rick yeah. Porcello and Chris Sale both had good bullpen appearances right. in last uh, last series. Rick Porcello had another good bullpen appearance Sunday night, and I don't know, like that, that, I don't know. It seems like Chris Sale. Is, my, my biggest concern, I agree with you, is not the illness, but it's just the fact that he like couldn't seem to really like throw the ball very fast. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, you know, the problem, and this is, the, this is part of the problem with David Price too, is that when you have pitchers who aren't confident in like their stuff, in like the movement of the ball and all this sort of like just the sauce on each pitch, they end up being they just become afraid to throw strikes so they just end up sort of nibbling around the edges and walking right. a ton of fucking guys that's david price in a nutshell when he's like not confident in the stuff that he's throwing he just tries to just fucking mm. nibble on the outsides of the plate and hope that he gets calls which ultimately just means right. walking fucking everybody and well, anything he does throw down the middle gets fucking socked i actually because he's not wrong i mean if you don't have the stuff you don't have the right. stuff but when i was watching that in game two and i saw the Sox put up two runs early i was like oh that's great that might be what he needs to like calm Chill down the fuck a little out. bit yeah. like are right, you had a good first inning 
Your team came out. They put two runs on the board. He decent first inning. I think it was he got two <laughs> he outs pretty quickly, and I think he got two men on, but then got the third one. Yeah, sure. No runs came in. Right, right. Like, correct. You are correct. You are correct. Sox score two. I'm like, all right, that might help him. Like, okay, you're getting some offense behind you. You can relax a little bit. You're not pitching from behind. But no, boom. Second inning, four runs. Dare. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> the fuck. Is we get money on the game, David? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the thing with David Price. He, uh, after the Sox took the lead back, I forget what it was. It must have been the bottom of the third, right? Um, because he only made it to the fourth. Like, I was... Oh, yeah, because if he had made it to the end of the fourth, he could have got the win. Yeah, I was certain that he was going to give up a home run in that inning. Like, it's just yeah. like, David Price and Tuka Rask have this in common, where it's like, <laughs> you look at their stat sheet or their box score or whatever like the next day in the paper and you're like no that was fine but what you don't realize is like you know the two runs that he gave up were both solo homers that came immediately after the red sox took the lead by one or in tukaras case it's like yeah sure you only let in three goals no big deal you're not gonna like go crazy over that but it's like they all came within the minute after the bruins just scored it's just like they're just these momentum killing right they uh, there's this tendency to give it up at the worst times Ugh, drives me nuts. I mean, he survived. Thank God. This is the first time that his a start, although he was not credited with the win, this is the first time in David Price's 10-year-long Major League Baseball career where he's played for the Rays when they were good, Detroit, Toronto, and Boston. So don't, don't fool yourself into thinking that for the 10 years that he's been a Major Leaguer, he's just been on bad non-playoff right, yeah. teams. He he's basically goes to the playoffs scrub. every year. Right. This is the first time he's ever had a start where his team has won. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> He sucks. Yeah, he's really bad in the playoffs. Why did we sign that guy? So much money, He too. just gets the yips. It it's wild. Like. Yeah, but my big concern with Sale is that, like, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you don't have Chris Sale being an ace, you're probably not going to do too well. But it's also, there, there's also the bullpen strategy of it all that, like, you know, that proved to be effective in the DS anyways. Did you see Joe Kelly being that guy on the arm? After he called you know a late what? timeout, you, you know think it was what? on purpose? I didn't. I didn't see that. You didn't? No, I didn't. Oh, I did, and I laughed. <laughs> what the fuck happened there? So Kelly's like in his windup. Yeah, this is. I'm gonna get into a bigger problem with baseball after this. With that, every fucking hitter asks for time, and it's granted on every single pitch it's of that every it's, single at bat. It's, it's that it's granted. And Joe Kelly's like working slow on the mound. Whatever, they fucking all do. He's like in the windup, like legs coming up. Yeah. Whoever's batting. He's pregnant. Yeah. Uh, calls timeout. The umpire grants it, and so now Kelly like weirdly the follows pitchers through. Pitchers always get weird yeah. in that moment, and then they think he's hurt, so they come out. They make him throw a couple tests. Yeah, I heard throws. about this test. I heard about this test weird. pitch thing. And then the next pitch, fucking just beans the guy. A hundred mile an hour fastball off, straight off his like arm guard that yeah, he wears yeah, yeah. over his elbow. Right. Like, and that is, dude fucking crowds the plate like crazy. They showed that on the Game 2 broadcast yeah. a lot. He is like on top of that thing. Well, His got, toes are like on the chalk of like the inner boundary of the batter's box. He got backed up yeah. hard. And he did the whole like, you know, staring yeah, thing yeah, or whatever. Yeah, sure. And then he just took his base. But I was like, did, he do that? did that motherfucker do that on purpose? And all I could think back to was that goddamn... The Yankee uh, game, yeah, right in the yeah, area. and he like called him out and threw a haymaker at the guy. And I was that like, was pretty awesome, man. He, I mean, I don't know that he has that much control, but I'd like to believe that he did that. Yeah, I, so, so it's funny. I actually missed that, and I didn't know until you just said just now about the asking for time thing. Yeah, and you because know, because my original thing, I heard about like the hit by pitch, and then I yeah. heard about Bregman getting all fucking. I don't know if it's Bregman or Bregman. I think it's Bregman. I think it's Bregman. Yeah, Bregman. I heard about him Bergman? getting all fucking hot and bothered, staring back, and it was like, why would Joe Kelly 
intentionally hit him for under any circumstances right. they're down like the why, why would right. he just put him in he's on like base no like outs that? yeah they're down two runs but unless he wanted to a brush him back and b tell make him a to point. stop being an asshole and stay in the box the bigger problem with baseball that i want to bring up is that the umpires are too much part of the game more than any other sport i feel like they involve themselves in what's mm. happening on the field you look at what happened in the alds with the aaron nope i keep Ooh. doing that <laughs> angel angel hernandez angel hernandez no relation as far as i'm aware <laughs> i don't think so he's <laughs> suing major league baseball right now yeah because he says that it's discrimination that he hasn't gotten any world series games and i say it's because you suck yeah that's like, what everybody says right you're missing calls at first base you can't call balls and strikes correctly it's infuriating. And then Joe West, of course, is well, has this series. And he is over in game one examining the catcher's glove. Then he fucking takes the ball oh, off. Oh, God. Bean right in the <laughs> <laughs> That was great. He didn't even flinch. Just like yeah, bounced off him. Yeah, he's a tough son like, of a bitch. Dude, is something broken in there? You yeah. can't <laughs> But even just like the balls and strikes call, like it's just so... I don't know, controversial all the time. Well, I, I did not love how Alex Cora got ejected from game one from arguing on the steps. Like right. you see the replay or whatever of Cora like arguing in the ump's face or whatever. But right. that was after he'd already been tossed. Right. He's standing on the top step of the dugout yelling to home plate and the ump just tosses him like right off the rip. It's like, dude. Yeah, he's not out there like in your face causing a what, scene. You could just what ignore did him. He say? Like what could he have possibly said that would warrant a like First altercation ejection in a playoff game. It's just like, I don't know. You're right about the refs injecting themselves into the game. And granting everybody time when they ask for yeah. it. Like at a certain point, major league no. umpires need to like, when a hitter puts his arm up to ask for time, just say, no, like you're in the box. Swing the bat. Right. You know what I mean? He's and pitching. It, it won't take, I don't think it would take long for hitters to learn that like it's not Stop necessarily a sure thing. And obviously just by like throwing your hand in the air and taking your hand off the right. bat, you put yourself in a fairly large disadvantage. Yeah, I know? would say so. So like that's a they'd be they'd learn that lesson pretty quick, but just every fucking time somebody wants yeah. more time, they give it. it. Sucks. How did you feel about so we were talking about David Price, right? David Price goes four and two thirds innings, I think, on mm -hmm. game two, lets up four runs, leaves two men on in that inning. Right. Couldn't finish it. And walks off and gets a big old ovation. A borderline, you could say standing ovation from the home crowd at Fenway. How did you feel about that? Uh, <laughs> I think you can't he got booed in the ALDS he sure did so you can't do that and like I guess I look at David Price and he has such like a soft psyche mm -hmm. that maybe he needs a little more positive reinforcement to like continue to do well like oh look David everybody likes you and they appreciate you when you pitch mediocrely well <laughs> kind of like, C minus your, when you're a C minus we cheer yeah. You can have a participation ribbon now, David. Does that make you feel better? Like, uh, sure, he deserves a polite golf clap, I guess. He doesn't deserve to be booed. Like, if there's right, only two I, outcomes, it's like, okay, I guess we'll cheer for this. Right, but a standing ovation, it did seem a bit raucous it, for what was happening. It seemed like there was, I, and I heard this analogy on the radio, so it's, this is a non-original, but it seemed like there was 38,000 therapists yeah, in the yeah. stands. <laughs> it's like, wait, like you just said, way to go, David. Like, nice job. We're here for you. We you love you. It, we support buddy. you. See, we're not mean. We're the nice. thing is, though, is like with David Price, he's been so bad in the playoffs for so right. long. And he has not been a complete disaster, which is what actually makes the playoff thing worse because he's shown through long stretches of the regular season in multiple seasons that he can right. actually be really good. The thing is, though, is that it's always right within reach with him because we don't nobody in that stadium cares about the last 10 games. All we care about is this game. 
Right. And by the last 10 games, I mean the last 10 playoff starts. Like, it doesn't actually matter what right. you've done. If Everyone you, is, in fact, rooting for you. There's nobody in that, right. in a, in, you know, wearing a Red Sox hat, either in the stands or in the dugout, who's rooting against you. So, like, if you do pitch well, we will cheer. You right. will be loved. You will be adored. Like, it can happen. If you went seven shutout innings, that place would be on fire. Like, on fire. You For would you be more than a anybody hero. Else. You would be the hero of the series if you Ugh. could do that. Just fucking once. Like we're not actually against you. We're right. only ever against you after you've already sucked. It's no, no one's ever going into these games being like, I'm going to fucking boo the shit out of David yeah. Price. Like we, give you the, we give you the benefit of the doubt every time you take the ball and you fuck it up. Every, every time you take time. the ball. Every time. Oh, God. And it just kills your bullpen. And like we have talked for how long this season about that being the weakness. And with your two... You're one and two starters not being able to go deep into games. Right. You're just putting yourself just at such a yourself. disadvantage yourself. to begin with. You got you now you fucking you need big nuts Nathan Avaldi to go fucking <laughs> eight scoreless again, throwing yes. 175 miles an hour all I night long. I don't know if that's replicable. Like <laughs> I you can't bank on that. I mean you can't. No. Hmm. You want to switch gears to some football stuff? Okay. What was your take on past Chiefs? It was way too tight for me. I didn't care for that. Yeah, I was watching the game, you know, watching that first half, and I was like... 24 to 9, I think, going into halftime. Yeah, felt pretty comfortable. great. This is how it should be. This is the Patriots we know and love. I'm going to be able to, like, turn in at the fourth quarter. (laughs) I love how everything comes back to, like, sleeping schedules with you. I'm old, and I work early. (laughs) I was like... (laughs) Oh, God. Then it just got way too exciting in the second half, and I didn't care for it. Yeah. That Harmon pick in the tu- in the end zone was pretty sick, though. Mm. That stood out to me as a real plus. Yeah, I mean, I also thought it was a little too close for comfort. Yeah. I predicted a close game. Sure. So I was a, I was a little surprised. A little with too the first close, half. though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting that, but I was a little surprised with the first half that they were gonna. It seemed like they were gonna beat them yeah. handily. It did, and it wouldn't have been. It would have been fairly typical Patriots to take some flavor of the season AFC, you know, hot starter. Yeah. Uh, undefeated, 4-0, whatever, coming into Foxborough on primetime, Sunday Night Football, whatever, and just getting stomped. Like, that yeah. would be, like, just fucking put him in his place. consistent with the narrative of what we've seen from plenty of, like, good, the, good start new, AFC teams. Yeah, yeah. The um, second coming. And it's does like, the AFC okay. run through Kansas City? Like, that whole yeah. fucking narrative just gets, like, shut down, which it ultimately did get, but... But not quite as much as you thought it was going stomped. to. They did like, not get stomped. Like, if it had ended the way the first half ended, you would have been, like... See, and that's the Patriots. Yeah, right. And you're right. Kansas City. Yeah, my biggest thing was just like somehow in the first half, the Patriots did a very typical Patriots thing, which is allow the Chiefs to get all this like short yardage type stuff, yeah. little little short pass, little run, Bend whatever, and just take away like the big deep ball, like big play yep, stuff. That's in second last. half did did not happen in the same way. <laughs> so I don't. I mean, I don't know enough about football to know about like what actually changed on yeah. the field, like. This is why I listen to Greg Bedard on Tuesdays on Thugger Master like oh, yeah, explain all that stuff yeah. to me. But like something happened coming out of the second half. And I don't think it was just Pat Mahomes like regaining his confidence, like right. drinking fucking Michael's special stuff in the, at <laughs> halftime. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if you could bank on one thing for the Patriots, it would be their safeties like play basically on the goal line <laughs> the whole game and just keep everything in front of them yep. and just prevent things like Tyreek Hill going for a fucking 75 yard touchdown. Yeah, it was a weird game. Yeah. The first and second halves were very different games. Do you want to know a fun fact about yesterday's game? The Patriots did not punt at all and got no penalties in that game. 
Oh, I, I knew the no punt part. Uh, I did not know the yeah. no penalties part. That, they had one that was called on them, but it was offset by a Chiefs foul too. So it didn't count. Cool. Clean sheet. Yeah. Way to go, boys. That's yeah. I mean, good. there's not much you can really get on the offense in a night where they don't punt. Like, come on. Right. That's insane. Well, there was that one turnover. Yeah. I was watching baseball at that point. Okay. <laughs> really did you see the awkward Brady touchdown run? I did. I thought it was fucking hilarious. It was like watching the whole play unfold on my big TV and yeah, listening to it. Sure. Uh, it was like, you are almost seeing it from Brady's point of view. And it's like, this hole just opens up miraculously in front of him. And I found and he's myself still patting he's the ball, like, looking to throw, patting the ball, looking to throw. And then you and see the moment where steps he from the goal line. sees it and it's like, uh oh. And we're <laughs> at home yelling at the TV too, like, run, run. And because he's so fucking slow, it's like it plays out in <laughs> slow motion. It was like, oh, <laughs> like a Baywatch scene of him, like, getting to the end zone. It's so funny how, like, there are 31 other quarterbacks in the league who would see that and just run around the end zone yeah, at the no, first opportunity. Right. Like he's so dialed into throw that he literally didn't even realize that like running was a fucking option. It was like a fucking bowling alley open in front of him. <laughs> and he was like, no. And he's just creeping up in the pocket, creeping up yeah, in the pocket, looking closer. to throw, looking to throw, looking to throw. And the like, next thing you know, he's like there. And he's like, oh, I got this. I'll go. It's wild. <sighs> yeah, that was a good moment. I mean, anytime Brady runs it in, that's always yeah. like a good, a cool a cool little weird thing, but I have one more question for you about the Patriots. Yeah. I'm going please. totally off script. That's okay. Where the fuck's Rob Gronkowski? He's, He's had been quiet. No impact. It feels like, well, he had the fucking big long ball to set up the field goal in this yes. game, obviously, but like, yeah, I, think sure. he, I think he got targeted like three or maybe he had yeah. three catches, probably got targeted more than that, but he hasn't done much. I'm fucking perfectly okay with it personally. As long oh, as really, Oh yeah. I mean, as long as they're winning, like that's fine. Sure. Yeah. If they win, but if you can, I, I think Gronk is this like, this 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 not this faucet that they can turn on and off like when they need it to be there they have him run his routes and 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 do the gronk stuff and it's there but when they feel like they can win without him being like full gronk yeah i think they try to do that you think they're almost like holding him back honestly i do i I don't think there's any other reason that because he's not like through the first couple weeks of the season where Edelman wasn't on the field and before yeah, sure. Josh Gordon was a Patriot, like he was getting double, triple covered every Yeah, he possession. couldn't do anything. So, okay, whatever. You set that aside. But now that you've got Josh Gordon out there and Julian Edelman out there, it's he's not just smothered every single, you know, every right. single snap. But I just think like he runs, this is another like stolen Greg Bedard, like football insider thing. He runs that like diagonal across the field, like seam route that like you've seen them do that in so many big games. Yeah. Where it's like <laughs> we watched Hill do it last night. Yeah, <laughs> where, <laughs> where like that's just it's sort of risky because he's kind of coming right across the defense and like can get popped potentially if it's a bad throw or even if it's not like whatever. It's kind of like a risky move, but it's pretty much like bread and butter Brady to Gronk type stuff. Yeah, you just like don't see that unless they need it. Like that, there's a reason why in like the biggest moments, thirty seconds left in the game, you got to get in field goal range. It's Gronk against the linebacker, and they just go to him, and it's there. Huh, I'm cool. With that's it. an interesting take. Put okay. him on ice, man. Fuck I it. Feel better about that. That's good. Nice. There was I, a couple weeks ago when Edelman came back. They were like rattling off all these stats about in games where both Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski have been healthy. Obviously with Brady, that they're like a gazillion and O. Like they're like however many it's been. Oh, yeah. and, uh, like it's like, stupid because like their health has not necessarily like synced up over the years. Right. So yeah, yeah one or the other. Keep them both on the missing. field and it will be gravy. Hey, we got some calls this week. All right, let's listen to them. Where would you like to start? I'd like to start in the Twin River. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Stephen from the Twin River, a longtime listener since day one. So after watching both games from last night, who do you trust more? The Pats defense 
or the Sox bullpen. Thanks. Stephen from Twin River. Asking the hard questions. Asking the tough <laughs> questions. Who do you trust more, Patriots defense or Red Sox bullpen? I, I got to go Patriots defense. Yeah? Yeah. Trust him to do what? Win. Just win a game? Hold the game back. Uh, Whoa! I think based on, so small sample, but based on this postseason only, Yeah. Uh, which is more or less aligned with uh, the Patriots regular season, let's just say. I'll take the Red Sox bullpen. You literally just said earlier in this episode that they've had to have their starters come in to shore up the bullpen. Deb, they count. So I'm, I'm not, counting oh, Porcello. I'm, I'm not counting them. Porce- came out, he, he came out of the bullpen. The no, night. he shouldn't be doing He's that. He's a bullpen That's guy now. That's not a good thing. He does both. Double duty. You can't do both. No. He's doing it. He's showing it. No. But Matt Barnes has been fucking great He somehow. has been good. Ryan Brazier, that weirdo fucking psycho looking guy who always leans to the left, yeah. has looked great. Kimbrell, not so good. Not hot. Uh, Joe Kelly in, has not seen a lot of action, but when he's been in, he's actually been fine. He cleaned up the mess from that price start in game two in the DS. I, they, they've actually been good. Somehow they've been good. I don't trust them. They've been, they've been carefully managed. And yes. in close games, the eighth inning has gone to a starter. There's been... Two of their wins came from Porcello. Which means even Alex Cora doesn't trust them. He doesn't, but he should because they're good. The guys that, let me put it this way. The guys that are actually getting the ball have been good. Brazier, Barnes, Kelly to a certain extent. Kimbrell's on watch. Kimbrell's not on my (laughs) has been good list yet. The guys who haven't really gotten the ball that much. Hembry, Workman. Yeah. Fuck those Well, Workman got the ball and he choked it. Yeah. Uh, as he did in the DS also. So it's the guys who have been consistently getting the ball in like the when things go according to plan <laughs> type yeah, of yeah. territory, Barnes, Brazier, uh, I've been okay with it. Strong disagree. Okay, next. Hey, it's Larry from Lowell again. I'm exhausted between last night's bullshit and then tonight, Kimbrell fucking just tossing cookies a little bit, making it interesting unnecessarily, and then you flip over to the Pats and it's a fucking shootout and you're going 40-40 and you toss it to Gronk, who's obviously the better number 87 than the other side of the field. Either way, New England comes out on top, both ends, let's go, coming to Houston, Pats hitting the road, let's get it fucking going. Larry from Wall out. <laughs> nice take, Larry. Yeah. No question. Not really have a question for us, just wanted to share his thoughts. Where do you weigh in on the uh, Travis Kelsey versus Rob Gronkowski, I'm putting in air quotes, debate? It's like a who cares oh, type of thing, but yeah. who's the better tight end? I'm Gronk all the way. Yeah, it's got to be Gronk. It's Travis Kelsey's just a receiver. He's like right. Jimmy Graham. Right. He's like one he of doesn't these, block at all. He doesn't do anything else for yeah, the he offense. He just technically plays the tight end position, right. but basically he's just a receiver. Right. Come on. Come on, people. Put it to rest. <laughs> Larry. This one's a little off. This one's a little off, uh, off the grid for us. Uh-oh. Here it comes. I'm ready. Whew. I was afraid you guys might actually answer, but this is Ben from Framingham. Long-time listener, first-time caller. You guys are well-known haters of college sports. I'm curious. I'm not going to ask you to talk about college sports, but what would the Boston College football program have to accomplish in order for you to, A, watch a game on TV, B, go to a game, and C, talk about the program on your show? Keep up the good work. Thanks. All right. So what would the BC Eagles football program have to do to get you to give a shit? Mm-hmm. Be the only team left on earth? 
Yeah, it's not about them. It's about no, me. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm used to what I'm used to. <laughs> it's not that it's not like they're not doing enough for me. I just don't care about them at all. I'm not a big college sports guy. I'm just not Maybe. never have been, never will be. You know what I think part of it is like there's no consistency, obviously, in the players. Like you're not gonna have a nineteen year quarterback at a college team. Oh, oh, you're just saying in college in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. can't. Like it's not possible. So there there's like a rotating roster. So I feel like it's the ultimate cheering for the laundry. Yeah. Oh yeah. As opposed to like someone like Chris Sale, who now plays for the Red Sox, but you have followed his career. You've played against him before. Like you know that he's a big league pitcher. You're excited when he comes to your team. That, he's not literally an eighteen year old boy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's a man. <laughs> there's yeah. like I just uh, the college sports thing for me. it's not it's not for me either I, I can't figure out their conferences everyone seems to get to play in a bowl game I don't get it and yeah, I it's don't a whole like big it thing. It's a whole I want to know who the winner is at the end and it's not of the game no of all of college football <laughs> of all of college well that football. part is actually more clear now than yeah, it has been in now, the past but, but they lost me but yeah, if Early you're if you're life. not rooting for like Alabama, Clemson, like LSU, like one of those like huge mega schools, right. like how do you gauge a successful season? You got to win your like conference championship, whatever. I don't know. It's too much going on. It's too much work. I actually went to a BC Eagles game like two weeks ago though. Sn- nice. Snuck right in. Didn't huh, pay for a ticket. Told the security guards to suck ass. <laughs> Walked right by those losers. Not supporting your athletic program. So Ben and Framingham, I did go to a game, but it was only because my girl they were playing Temple, which is my girlfriend's alma mater. Oh. And she had some friends go to the game, so we went. I, would I was rooting for Temple. Go to they a lost. game. <laughs> <laughs> I would go to a game because nice it's like a fun outdoor fall activity. Yeah. But I would need to like. It was all three of those things in my case: fun, outdoors, and fall. That sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lovely day and free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think that's it for calls. All right. Hey, everybody! Just so you know, open at all hours yeah. of the day and night. Nine zero four eight seven T T P O D. Call us up. Leave your takes. Yeah, ask we'll a question. We won't answer. Nope. Straight to voicemail. Guaranteed. Always. Give you the old fuck you button. <laughs> How much time we got here? Uh, you got anything else or should we go to the lightning round? You know what? I got one other thing. I'm okay. sorry. No, I like it. I like this off the cuff style. The, yeah, not, not, in the, not in the prep. Yeah, we're both doing it. I got to take on Josh Gordon. Oh, yeah. Uh, Flash Gordon? Flash the man himself. Yeah. So Thursday night football, a couple weeks ago, he had that big touchdown from Brady. Yep. That was like the 500th or whatever. Patron St. Josh Gordon, which now. was yep. cool. <laughs> this game, he did not catch a touchdown. He got targeted like nine times, which is kind of a lot, but he did have a deep ball, like pass interference call that ended up giving the Patriots the ball in like the one yard line. I'm yeah. pretty sure they converted. That was the Julian Edelman touchdown, I believe. Sure. Um, but anyways, it was like a deep ball to Josh Gordon. I just think that if he can do that once a game, that's all That's you need. That's fucking great. Because it keeps the threat alive. Yeah. So you have to defend against if it. If they just throw one or maybe two deep balls to Josh Gordon every Sunday, yeah. just to keep the defense honest, just right. to make sure. And it, I mean, he's got to like be able to catch them with some regularity. Right. But even even then, like not really. Fuck if he it. can just get a def- he's a big dude. If he can just get a defender draped all over him, they can get a PI out of it. Yeah. Fucking Fuck it. awesome. Even better. You don't have to do anything. Love it. I heard Bill Belichick talking about him today. Yeah. And <laughs> he was talking about how he is. Big and soft hands. <laughs> I was like, it's the best kind. Mm-hmm. Well, he, that's what he said too. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you know, he's a good catcher because of you can hear the ball hit his hands and he catches in his hands and then cradles to his body. He was very from a positive, bill, specific feedback. It was very positive. <laughs> but from a like Bill Belichick 
standpoint, like on the scale of Bill Belichickiness, it yeah. was very like effusive praise. Yeah, and you I can tell like, the difference between him giving, he does this to opposing players a lot, gives generic yeah. plays. Where they, say, they run well, they pass well, they coach well, yeah. they do it, they, you know, all three phases, just like the generic praise. Yeah. We call that positive general. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if he's talking about his hands or whatever, then yeah. like, you know that there's some, there's some realness there. I remember there was, I don't even know what the fuck it was. Tony Gonzalez, the old, uh, uh, Falcons tight end was talking mm-hmm. about that on some broadcast years ago and it like stuck with me. He was like, yeah, the really good guys in the league trust their hands. They watch it go all the way into their hands. Then they bring it to their body. They don't yeah. actually catch don't with use their the body. body. Yeah. They trust their hands to make the play. Apparently Josh Gordon does that. Bill Belichick agrees. I love it. Send him on a fucking go around yeah. two times. At, make it three. Three times <laughs> Just, every every week. You'll get at least one pass up here. call out of that. Yeah, dude, that's what like teams do that. Like the, sure. I remember in the years where the Ravens were really good, they would do that Five times a game. Yeah. They would send fucking Steve Smith or Anquan Bolden or like one of these fucking guys on a go route. They they had to have known that it was like 101 odds that they fucking actually connect. They're just selling out for the flag and they would get it like half the time. Right. Which is as good as catching the ball because they it's a spot it foul yeah, and it's a, bullshit yeah. it's like the worst call it's in the football, worst football but call. it's a good strategy just send someone down the field and like hope that the defender does something that's flag worthy right anyways which that's almost my Josh Gordon is. take and anyway. Sonny Michelle still sucks I don't care what you say let's do the lightning <laughs> round <laughs> do you want to start sure why don't you start Houston Astros star, third baseman, Alex Burke Bregman. We don't know how to say it. No it's Bregman. It's Bregman. All right, we're going it's with Bregman. that. Who in Sunday night's game two failed to deliver as he represented the game tying run with two outs in the ninth, but he flied out to left field. On Instagram on Monday, Bregman posted a video of Astros right fielder George Springer and himself hitting back-to-back homers against the Red Sox game three starter, Big Nuts Nathan Evaldi. That was just me putting that in there. I know. Uh, <laughs> earlier this year when Evaldi was in Tampa Bay. He has since taken down the post. So Bregman posts a video of him and Springer knocking two dingers off of Evaldi. Tool bag move? Or is this going to be like Judge playing New York, New York? Uh, definite to, uh, tool bag move. No Hard. doubt about that. Yeah. And it was like a crappy like his phone on Instagram, like Instagram stories, taking a video of like, like his computer TV. screen. Oh. <laughs> so like he went to, he had to like go through a decent amount of effort to yeah. like p- pull this up and like throw it online. Tool bag move. Yeah. And it's not like judge playing New York, New York because they won that game. He just lost. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good point. Um, all right. Here's a good one for you. Melissa. Yeah. I'm curious to hear your take on this. Yeah. In Sunday night's uh, game versus the chiefs, Tyreek Hill. Chiefs wide receiver caught a fucking monster 75 yard catch and run touchdown pass in the fourth quarter to tie the game at 40 all after running into the end zone and running past virtually every Patriots defender. uh, (laughs) He continued beyond the back of the end zone to the boundary of the field where he was greeted by a bunch of Patriots fans, one of whom gave him the finger and another who poured (laughs) his beer on him, kind of like shook it at him. Yeah. Uh, Bud Light bottle, you know, those tall ones, the blue ones, aluminum, uh, (laughs) very safe, Uh, except for from that. The Patriots released a statement saying that the beer throwing fan has been disinvited to all future events at Gillette. And it has also been reported that Tyree Kill and his agent Drew Rosenhaus are exploring legal action against the fan. Melissa, is this the proper punishment for this assholeish behavior? I think the being ejected from the game Mm -hmm. and losing your tickets, they warn you on every ticket that they give you that if you do that, it, it, 
that is the punishment that you will suffer. Like if you interfere with the field of play or create a disruption that interrupts other people's enjoyment of the game, mm-hmm. I guess in this case, it would be Tyree kills enjoyment, <laughs> enjoyment of, the of the game that he was playing in. Yeah. Um, I think him and drew Rosenhaus talking about taking legal action against the fan is like douchey. You're running up to your opposing, the opposing team's home crowd late in the game. You know, they've been drinking like, and a Sunday night game. So they've been drinking probably since 10 o'clock in the morning. Like, you're dumb. Of course, they're going to do something stupid to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you run into the opposing fans like area, yeah. this is like when people try yeah. to do like the Lambo leap and Lambo, but sure. they're not on the Packers. Like right, they're just you get pushed back. back, like whatever, yeah. like I, throwing the beer is uh, too much. Like you shouldn't have, don't right, throw dumb. a fucking beer at the guy. Like, also, that gross. beer probably cost you $14. It's a waste of money. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, legal, legal action. Tyree kill. Yeah, come, come on, come on, please get your head out of your ass. Make better choices. Also, Tyreek Hill. fan. Get your head out of your ass. Yeah, seriously. Everybody, just be cool. Act like an adult. You know what the shittiest part is? Is I bet that's not that kid's seat. He probably bought someone's season tickets and like that person's going to get fucked now. Ooh, good, good, good call. You can get, you get in trouble if That someone... is how it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So great, great season tickets probably about to become available on the open Adios. market. Everybody moves up one step in the wait list. Sick. <laughs> Thanks, kid. Uh, all right. Red Sox third baseman Eduardo Nunez had started four games this postseason. He is currently hitting a buck 43. He has two hits, an RBI, and two errors in the field. If you're keeping track at home, that's not a good thing. Not great. Backup third baseman Rafael Devers has started three games, is hitting 400 with four hits and two RBIs, and has no fielding errors. Has Nunez played his way out of his starting role? And if you were Alex Cora, who would you start moving forward? I think Eduardo Nunez had a fucking terrible game in game one. He the sure base is loaded. I think it was a second inning. The George Springer hits like that, like just yeah. f- admittedly a fucking whistling ground ball to the third base side. And that scored the first, I think two runs. Yeah. It should have been a double play ball. Could it should have at least been, I mean, it's a lot to ask to get him to like dive, stop it, pick it up and throw it. But like, yeah, stop it right. from going, get the, into the, infield, get the one out out right. of it. Like, come and on, no run score, but yeah, yeah. dropped it on the transfer. Like, and Eduardo Nunez is in the game because apparently because Rafael Devers is sort of a train wreck at third. But if Nunez is going to suck at third, I'd rather right, have Devers' bat. So like whatever. If if Nunez isn't going to be elite, right. you might as well just stick Devers there and get the offense. So yeah, because yeah, Nunez has played himself out of a starting whole round. point. You're playing Nunez and Kinsler for their defense, and neither of them has looked particularly great in the field, and they can't hit the ball for shit. So like, what's the point? Yeah. Well, and Kinsler, Kinsler hasn't had any like errors or anything. No. But. I mean, yeah, I mean, it hasn't been spectacular. He's not like putting on a fucking clinic out there, but Nunez has been actually bad. So you might as well just play the kid and get some offense. His plus minus is low. Let's go with Rafa Devers, my friend and yours. (laughs) Uh, Here's an interesting one. Yes. As we stated at the beginning of the show, Melissa, since losing the season opener, the Bruins have won four straight. The Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand line has been unfucking stoppable (laughs) scoring over half of the Bruins 22 goals so far this season. They've scored 13. Uh, some of them come in the power play, but their first power play unit is basically just that line. So Bergie and Pasta both have a hat trick on the season. They now. sure do. That's true. Pasternak uh, got a hat trick on Saturday against the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won that game eight to two. Yeah, it's fucking fucking sick. <laughs> um, the Bruins' top line is one of, if not the best line in hockey, arguable, whatever. Sure. But the question to you is: Are you concerned that they are a one line team, a one trick pony? Um, not this early in the season. I'm not concerned about it. I. F- I don't have any facts to back this up, but my guess would be that that team, that line has played together the longest and has the most comfort with each other. And the other lines are probably just kind of finding their way together. And I trust that they will 
like that Cassidy will shake things up and will move some of the lines around as he sees like what matchups work the best for him. But to have your first line to be able to, you know, essentially carry you Dominate. for the first couple of weeks of the season. That's a great thing when you're figuring out where everyone else kind of slots in to make it the most effective. But ultimately, if they're going to be successful in the season, they need at least three lines to be scoring. There was a, a period of time where when the Chicago Blackhawks were really good in winning Stanley Cups, it, where Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane would in like peacetime play on two separate lines. And then when shit was going south, Joe Quenville would be like, all right, fuck this shit. And he yeah. would put them both together and they would like score a shitload of goals. Yeah. Like, I think something like that is in order. Like, you know that those three is like a gold a star line. combination. So just spread the wealth a bit. Right. Let's get the uh, the rest of the, the other lines going. See what else you got on your team. And then you know that in times of desperation, Bruce Cassidy, you could always just throw together those right. three instant offense. Right. Just add water. And you like, let's light them up. Uh, here's a fun one. Jacksonville Jaguars owner Shad Khan is in the process of buying Wembley Stadium in London. He owns like a soccer team out there, which he says has nothing to do with this. It's all very bizarre. Story. Everything has everything to do with it. Anyway, um, he has talked openly about having the Jaguars play more games there. They've played one London game so far. Do you think it's time for the NFL to have an international team? And are the Jags the right ones to make the move? Uh, I'll tell you this much, Melissa. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of this this courtship that the NFL has had with London. Will Either they, fucking they? move a team there or don't. I'm tired of hearing about this. So, yeah, oh, sure. Okay. Jacksonville sucks. Suddenly you're Mr. Commitment. Move them across the <laughs> fucking pond. I don't care. Just do it or don't do it. I'm so tired of this like NFL in London tease. Just stick them over there. Yeah. It was, They're the it, worst it, franchise. Just get them out of here. Jacksonville's not a great city. It was interesting listening to them talk about it because they were basically, he was like, oh, well, maybe we'd play like five games over there, five of our home games. And I was like, if they did that, that would be so annoying. And that would be one, annoying for your fans. And two, I can't imagine your team, you are essentially giving up home field advantage then if you're going to play five games one place and three another. Like, they're almost all road games now because you have no comfort in your surroundings. Right. Like where are you supposed to live? They would have player? to like organize the schedule. That's the, the one of the biggest, I would imagine logistical hurdles with this. They have to basically organize the schedule around this one team so that they right. were constantly at a disadvantage having to travel way more than any other right. team, which they would have to do ultimately. But yeah. maybe the five games, I mean, if they played, I don't know if they played like five games in London to start the season and then they played their remaining 11 and three, 11 on the road in the States, three yeah. in Jacksonville, like, I don't know, something like that, right like, or, the or the opposite, like whatever. I don't know. Sure. Or five right in the middle, like yeah. a, a continuous stretch yeah. of home games at Wembley. Like, I don't know, maybe that could work, but whatever. Maybe. That Just kind fucking of sucks, do it. NFL. I'm tired of this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> That's my anyway. biggest thing. Jesus. Angry. All right. This is one of my favorite stories of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the, sometimes we do these lightning round questions where like some video accompaniment is, is, is good. Yeah. So, uh, maybe if our listeners want to go ahead and Google this and check out the video, you can, it might yeah. help as a, as an aid, but I'll do my best to explain <laughs> what went down here. I so, love a good visual aid. Uh, this week in boxing, that's right. Boxing, uh, USA's own world heavyweight champion, Deontay Wilder appeared on a Spanish-language talk show. Think, you know, like uh, Regis and Kelly type situation <laughs> in Espanol. Uh, he was apparently asked, I, and I have no context here, but he was apparently asked to punch a, a mascot, like a like a man in, a, in like a suit 
Yeah. You know, whatever. You've seen them before. They throw t-shirts at you. And uh, the mascot man was in a giant burrito suit. He's a big foam burrito. Nothing racist. Uh, there this. was, of course, a human being inside of this burrito suit that was probably some sort of intern, uh, likely unfamiliar with Wilder, and was dancing around, sort of waving his arms in, in the air and it participa- it, it, fully participating in the bit. Probably can't see anything because it's yeah. just a wall of foam yeah. in front of his eyes. Uh, Deontay Wilder, again, you, uh, world heavyweight champion, boxer, heavyweight boxer, proceeded to punch the fucking shit out of this guy <laughs> who <laughs> goes down immediately, obviously, yeah. and apparently broke his jaw, which is not funny, but also sort of is. Uh, Wilder apparently said after the fact that he didn't realize that there were people inside of mascot suits. Maybe he thought it was a robot. Maybe he thought he was going to break his hand by punching a fucking robot as hard as he could. Uh, so anyways, I guess my question to you, Melissa, is what the fuck did they think was going to happen there? And what do you think the bit was? Like, what's the bit? Like, punch the burrito? Like, what's yeah, like, the bit? I know. Do a pinata if you're going to do that. Don't ha- put a real dude yeah, that in been a there to get That's a better bit. Smoked. But what do you think this bit was? I guess maybe they thought he would just like give him a quick sucker punch to the stomach kind of situation. I In mean, which case he would have like ruptured his spleen. Like, cocked back and just he's mashes like, he's this like, guy. He's yeah, he's just standing in front of this burrito thing. Yeah, and he's like burrito. you know one foot in front of the other. Both yeah. feet up. up. Picture, you know, you're just typical boxer in his boxing yeah. stance and gives him a right hand, like a full like haymaker right hand, just absolutely rocks this guy's world. I just, on TV. I just think. And then, and then the mascot like goes down and obviously on the mascot face. <laughs> it's still good, smiling. Luckily, yeah, he's still <laughs> smiling on the ground. You can't see the guy in there, but he's like rolling around, presumably in lots of pain. Yeah, his jaw just got smashed. Oh, God. Glass jaw. bastard. Probably like an unpaid intern. Like it had to have been an intern. Oh, oh yeah. Like you, you don't, you don't yeah. like have a guy for that. You just no. throw it on the kid hey, who gets the coffee. Hey, come here. And like do this dance. We'll give you fifty bucks. Oh God, wild! He gets smashed and lights him up. I I don't know what they thought was going to happen when they encouraged him to hit the burrito. (laughs) And I also feel like it really shows the adverse effects of getting punched in the head repeatedly. You think it's a good? You don't think there's a human inside of that? Yeah. What I would like to ask more follow up questions. Like, well, what? What did you think was in there? So now that we've determined what you didn't think was inside of it, what did you think was inside of beans and rice? What were you comfortable? (laughs) Did you think it was? Did you think it was a live uh, chicken in it? Just spice it up a little. Did you think it was a uh, what's the word? A sentient burrito. Oh. <laughs> it was a, just a oh, gigantic like a burrito. sentient burrito, like it's some sort of celebrity in Mexico, the yeah. burrito that woke up, and you're just going to punch it in its face. Oh, they make food to represent you. How amazing. Like, I, oh boy. Yeah, it's, the whole thing's concerning. The poor burrito smiling and rolling on the ground. He's exactly. all stuck he wasn't in his smiling costume. No, it. he's just stuck in his costume. Just imagine that. Oh my God. I bet how bad that would hurt. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. So, anyway, uh, if any of your friends ask you to put on a fucking mascot suit, don't do Punch. Just don't do it. You can't trust the people on the other side. No. Inside the mascot suit, you're not safe. That's <laughs> not a heavyweight champion punch-proof yeah, mascot suit. Not enough cushion. Probably not even fucking waterproof or anything proof. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, anyway. Okay. Huh, what a week. So coming up, we've got yeah. yeah three playoff games at least, and a football game. And we got between now and the next time we we got regular season basketball starting. Yeah, that's tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening. Or maybe uh, it was yesterday if you're behind. Bruins on the road trip. (laughs) Yeah. Big fucking week. A lot. I love this time of year. Great time of year. All four going. Very sporty. So sporty. Let's hope the Red Sox are still in it by the time we get back together. Let's. Oh, yeah. If they lose all three of these, we're fucking poor. Shit. Yep. Oh, well, this season. Wait. 
So it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Oh, I would presume. It's definitely Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Saturday. And then if there is a game seven, yeah, it would be Sunday. Be Sunday so by the time Thursday. that we next record, this oh, shit's going to be we'll written. We'll know. One way or the other, folks. We'll know if we're getting a World Series rematch. Mm. The Astros and the Dodgers. Oh, you're, you're calling it for the Dodgers this early? No, I'm just saying that would be the rematch. Oh, 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 oh. I'm not oh, calling oh. it for them. I, I see. Have no interest. I see what you're saying. I have no vested interest in the NLCS. Well, hopefully we will need some in the case of a World Series. Let's hope. Until then, safe travels, everybody. Yeah. Find us on social <laughs> see media. See you on the other side. Holler at Tata Pod. Yeah. Bye. And we'll see you next week. 